Previously, on Timehole. Please, Adele, we apologize. Just send us back to 2023. Just press the button. Let's see what transpires. Oh, God. I didn't I'm like the so sound scared. of that at all. <laughs> Whoa! Whoa! <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Welcome to September 18th, 1899. The dawn of a new century is nigh, and the world is on the cusp of the modern era. Suck on that, you mischief makers. She sent us all the way back to 1899. We're in the 19th century. <laughs> Your assignment is to review the Lumiere Brothers film, La Petite Fille et Son Chat, and report back to me. Ha 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 ha. Working in the garage late one night, Producer and computer programmer Gabe Dannon was attempting to create a sentient podcasting AI when he accidentally stumbled upon the code for time travel. With the materials he had at hand, Gabe built a machine he was certain would carry him into the past. With his trusty friend Anastasia Vigo by his side, he embarked on the maiden voyage. But an error in the machinery sent the duo hurling through random dates unable to move on until they review a work of pop culture. Are Gabe and Anastasia forever trapped in the time hole? Time hole. Help. Oh, I'm exhausted. It's I'm exhausted the worst. from time traveling. It wears on your body, on your mind, on your soul. People don't talk about that. Yeah, it's a condition that I'm coining time tiredness. I think that's a great name for it, because what more do you need? Yeah. That explains it all. So I'm super time-tired. If there's any way we can get back home, I mean, we're so far from home right now. Yeah. I'm Anastasia. I guess we should introduce ourselves, even though at this point, you know. <laughs> at this point, the fact that I'm in a time hole is way more identifying than my name, but I am Gabe. <laughs> you are You are Gabe. Yeah, and we're in 1899, September 18th, 1899. We just got here. I feel so defeated. You know, that's, I would say I'm mad, but I'm not even mad at this point. I just feel de yeah. defeated. Um, but we're, we're in 1899, and I have to say, uh, I have no idea what to expect. I don't know anything about this time. Look, you know I love period piece dramas and romances. Oh, yeah. So I know a little bit about this time. Can I tell you what I picture when I think of this time? What? And I know this is wrong, but you know in Oh Brother, Where Art Thou, where there's the guy on the railroad track and he's got one of those hand cars and he's just <laughs> going along. the. And I know that takes place in the Depression and it's yeah. way later. But I think like everything from like... The Civil War until 1940 is just person on a handcart going across <laughs> the railroad. So that the history of America from 1865 till the Depression yeah. is handcart. Handcars, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're not wrong. 
I think I don't know. I think that there is probably some hand cart going on during 1899. Mm-hmm. I'm going to guess there's at least one guy on a hand cart. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. I, I honestly don't know. I, yeah. I'm going to be depending on your expertise in this area uh, for this entire episode because... I don't know whether I'm going to see cars. I I don't I don't know about this late in history. Yeah. Like I'm going to sound like a stupid idiot cuz like I honestly don't know if there's going to be people on jetpacks. I mean, <laughs> who, is it going to be kind of a steampunk world? Did you ever see that movie Wild Wild West? <laughs> yes. That's what Big it is. Mechanical spiders? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what 1899 is. No, but I, I, okay, so here's the thing about 1899. God, I, you know, I say this every goddamn episode, but it's a transitional period. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Between the introduction of industrialization and the modernization of the 20th century. And I think it's a, a horrible, fascinating time in American history, but. I don't want to spoil, you know, no spoilers for you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, we say on the show that all times are bad. All times are bad. We should find out what that is in like Latin or something and put it on our official yeah. seal or whatever. A-tab. Uh, <laughs> all times are bad. Yeah. Um, but I'm assuming this one is probably worse, way worse than any other ones we've been to. I think this is a truly horrific time. Maybe I'll be proved wrong, but... You know, I think one thing in America that we often think of the late 18th century is the Wild West, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yes, the Wild Wild West. The wild- <laughs> The late 19th century in America was um manifest destiny, cowboys, territories yeah. being annexed, that sort of thing. Um I'm from Arizona, as you know. Yeah. The Wild Wild West. Arizona wasn't, didn't become a state until 19, oh my gosh, 1912, 1915. I can't remember. I'm going to. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. I didn't even think about, we. the United States doesn't even have all its states yet. Oh, it's not, yeah, not even close. And it was um, being populated by Americans. Uh, Elderly during- Americans. <laughs> Snowbirds. Snowbirds. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, l- enough talk about it. Yeah, as we typically do on every episode of Time Hole, uh, we'll spend the week apart. We have to review something this week. It's called La Petite Fille et Son Chat, which means the little girl and her cat. <laughs> you um, have to say it with a French accent. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Um and I I don't even think this might be like the first, this might be like, I don't know if this is before train coming at the station or <laughs> after. I don't know. You know about this stuff. I so do you're gonna... know about this stuff. This is, I have a very expensive film school education for, for my master's, uh, which taught me all about this. But yeah, this is very early film. Definitely not the first. Uh, we're probably four years 1895 i think is considered when the first film was made the moving picture and when was the train i don't the train was definitely early and when was the rocket ship to the moon 
Oh, so that was Melies or Melies. Uh-huh. I don't know how do you how you pronounce it. Um, okay, train coming towards the camera. It's actually called <laughs> the arrival of a train. Mm-hmm. Is 1896. Okay, so three years ago. Yes. Uh, trip to the moon is 1902. All right. Yeah, that was a Melies film. He was a much more creative experimental filmmaker what we're seeing now is just gonna be a documentary you know yeah they didn't they weren't telling stories yet there's pointing and shooting right fascinating oh my gosh i'm so excited to hear more about this and to watch this film i don't know anything about it we'll we'll see we'll be back in one week gabe i'm scared to be away from you and in this time as a lady (laughs) me too i'm scared too (laughs) we'll see what happens bye bye oh god where the hell am i now so freaking dusty (laughs) god that's quite some language for a little later Oh, wow. Hi. (laughs) I didn't see you there. You look lost, little missy. Can I help you find something? Oh. (laughs) Oh, my. Look at you. (laughs) Um, yeah, I am lost. I'm I'm looking for a town. The closest town is about five miles that away. It's a long walk for a weird small gal such as yourself. Okay. All right. Well, what's your name, sir? The name is Clydesdale O'Malley. You can call me Clyde or you can call me Dale. Just don't call me a stranger. Oh my gosh. That is an interesting name. I I think I might know your kin. I love a good strong name. I'm lucky my daddy gave me one. And I always knew I would tell my boy to tell his boy to tell his boy to name his son Mustang. Yeah, I, I think that'll be arranged. Um, you're a strong, handsome-looking sort. What are you doing out here all alone? Well, I own this here ranch. I work it all by my lonesome in the hot sun. But I'm looking to get some men up here to work it with me. Or, <laughs> I don't know, maybe you could have a meet-cute with a weird small gal such as myself and... Settle down with her and make lots of children to help you work the ranch. No, ma'am. Women have no place in a man's life, I reckon. Oh. Oh, I see. Okay. I love when men can just get together and work hard and just be men, you know? Riding horses, going to swimming holes, grabbing ass, drawing centaur porn, that sort of thing. Okay, so that runs in the family. Interesting. Well, I wish I could stick around and watch all of that. But is there any chance you can give me a ride to town on your horse? Sure. Let me help you giddy on up on top of Buttercup here. Oh, oh, okay. Uh. Ma'am, please stop touching me so much. You don't got to put your hands there. Oh, (laughs) gosh. Sorry. My bad. Okay, ready to go. Yeah.
Welcome to the business segment. It is the segment of the show where we're going to talk about business. We have so much business to talk about. I feel like, you know, last episode, we got to just really cram everything in, right? Right. This is our season finale. Yeah. We got to get everything done. But it's going to be fun business. It's not going to be boring business. Look, you all have told us time and time again, this is your favorite segment of the podcast. So let's get down to it. You can follow us on Instagram at TimeholePod. You can go to our website, timehole.biz. There's a little contact form there if you want to contact us. Or you could email us, hello at timehole.biz. If you want to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, you know, give us a five-star review. We'll have Adele read it. Actually, we have no say in that. Adele forces us to listen to the reviews, <laughs> good or bad. That's true. And, you know, now's the time to do it if you want to do it because, you know, we're taking some time off, getting those reviews. We've been getting a few of them right now, and it makes us feel good and makes us feel like we want to come back and do a season two, perhaps. Yep. Adele, do we have any correspondence from 2023? Yes, we have an Apple Podcasts review from Mr. Dr. Monkey. Hmm, a doctor. Yeah, and a monkey. And a monkey. That's fun. Uh, what did they say? Here I am rating my favorite Dunktown Heroes five stars after hearing mm. the latest episode where they reviewed a show that I cannot find on Google called The Brink. IDK <laughs> guys, I don't think it exists. When I hear Gabe, Gab, fiddle with the inner workings of the Adele and they got to review something more fun and less stressful. Keep fiddling, Gab. There is hope to get you back to 2023 to watch some basketball. Right. So, yeah, I didn't think about this possibility, but I guess we deleted the brink. And so yeah, now so nobody can find it online. We keep telling everyone like, hey, we're watching these shows watch along if you want but then we delete them yeah exactly and so you know because of us there's literally no information about the brink online only because of us and not because of apathy <laughs> not because it was bad and no one really cared to watch it <laughs> yeah we deleted it that's yeah. why you can't find it so, sorry about that. I know you guys were clamoring to watch The Brink. <laughs> You'll just have to take our word for it that it, Gabe, that it was there. Uh, Mr. Dr. Monkey brings up a good point. You know, we have no idea what's happening in the WNBA. What do you hope is happening in the WNBA back in 2023? That's a really good question. Um, of course, you know, I love the New York Liberty. Yep. I did know that before we left, they were, uh, they had formed themselves something of a super team yep. uh, out there in New York. Um, I'm hoping it worked out for them. Uh, fingers crossed that they're in the playoffs right now. And if they are, um, I hope that they're up 1-0 <laughs> in the first round. Wouldn't it be great if we got back to 2023 just in time to watch them just kill it in the playoffs that would be honestly my favorite thing i would uh -huh. love that um what about you what is there any like 2023 stuff that's been knocking around in your head 
You know what? I did ask Adele to update me on the SAG and WGA strike. You know, of course, everyone should support the striking workers. Also heard that the auto workers are on strike. Uh, Support them as well. But, you know, uh, Adele told me that Drew Barrymore was going to bring her show back and essentially cross the picket line. And then did a U-turn, decided not to cross the picket line and delayed the start of the new season of her show. So the moral of this story, bullying works. Let's do more of it for good. Man, wow. I bet she really regrets ever even trying to go back to work because the result is the same and she would have had no shame on her. Yeah, now she's full of shame. Oopsie. I totally just remembered that Drew Barrymore is in Donnie Darko. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's right. Um. Anyways, that's an unrelated thought. <laughs> yeah, that was like... It was like a bit of a comeback, Yeah, right? Drew's back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyways, everyone go watch Donnie Darko. Do not watch the Drew Barrymore show if she if she comes back. But, you know, she ultimately she did the right thing and I commend her for it. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, at the end of the day, uh, the biggest asshole is and always will be Bill Maher. So. <laughs> so if there are any relatives listening to the show, stop watching Bill Maher. It's not good for you. Yeah, it's not good anyone. for anyone. No. <laughs> do you, why do you want to get yelled at for not thinking his bad jokes are funny? Yeah, isn't that his whole thing? <laughs> Is he that just, a pleasurable he, <laughs> experience for you? No one laughs at his jokes and he gets mad at them. That's his whole shtick. <laughs> I love it. Um. Anyway. You know what, Gabe? One last thing I was thinking about. You and I both have a letterbox, and Adele has been helping us to fill out our letterbox reviews whenever we watch a movie or something. Right. Um, should we share our letterbox uh, accounts? Yes. Let's do it. Okay. Yeah, you can follow me on Letterboxd. I'm Gabe Over, like Game Over, but with Gabe <laughs> instead of Game. Did Do you think that made sense to people? Oh, I think it went over their heads. It went Gabe over their heads. Uh, no, I think Thanks. everyone gets it. Everyone gets it. Um, you're, it's very clever. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Stas. I'm at Anastasia Vigo, like I am on everything. I have nothing interesting to say, but I would say follow Gabe. Gabe's letterbox is very fun to watch oh you're you're kind i like a i like a watch a movie and write about it um but yeah we'll put our links in the show notes all the links to the show are in the show notes thank you to everyone who's listened to us all season we really appreciate it adele do you have anything else you want to add write in and tell us that you want more adele okay okay all right come on (laughs) Uh, thanks for listening. Now back to the show. Stars. Gabe, I'm so happy to see you. I'm so glad to see you too. 
This was like the vacation from hell this week. <laughs> <laughs> okay, how'd you spend your week? Um, I didn't really know where to start. Mm-hmm. So I thought I would start with the only thing I knew about, which is railroad hand cars. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good start. Because this is, you know, two years before automobiles are going to start being mass produced. Mm-hmm. And it's four years before the Wright brothers are going to do their historic flight. Mm-hmm. So out of uh, planes, trains, and automobiles, we really just have trains. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, trains is your only option. Mm-hmm. And uh, by this year, there were uh, nearly 200,000 miles of rail in the United States alone. Wow. And hand cars were an essential tool used throughout the world. Wow. I was really curious about hand cars. Sometimes they're called pump trolleys. That's funny. And in Australia, they're called Kalamazoos. <laughs> Wait. That's where Kalamazoos come from? What? I mean, I don't know. There's a town called Kalamazoo, right? Yeah, I guess. I mean, I, maybe they named them after the town. Maybe the the town was famous for making pump trolleys. <laughs> yeah, I didn't actually research it further than that. So if uh, if anyone knows, uh, I bought a, myself a Kalamazoo mm-hmm. used for thirty dollars. Whoa, pricey! And the first thing I discovered is that they're a real safety challenge. <laughs> oh no! Because you know there's trains on the train track. Uh huh, and you can't just take it off real quick. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. You would have to. If if you see a train coming, you have to get off and yourself and hope to gosh you can get the hand car off too. Wow. Um, but there are some tips you could use. If you know the schedules, that's very helpful. Uh-huh, I bet. But for me, I'm a scaredy cat. So what I did was I mainly stayed on the side tracks or sidings as they were called. Oh. And I spent a day kind of like Playing around on my on my sidecar, right, right in the rails. I was riding the rails on my sidecar, and um, you know it was uh, it was fun. It was a workout, mm-hmm. but ultimately slow as hell. I did notice your arms are like really buff, right? That's sidecar <laughs> stuff. That's all sidecar. Wow, you're just like normal Gabe, but like Schwarzenegger arms. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they'll go back to normal soon. Don't worry. <laughs> okay. I was in Los Angeles. I rented an apartment for $8 for the whole week. Wow. And then that was for a nice apartment. I've seen some late 19th century houses and buildings in LA. They're cool looking. Very cool. Um, but there wasn't much to do at home. In fact, you can't even listen to music because the phonograph, the Edison phonograph, basically is brand new. Mm-hmm. It's not being mass produced yet. Mm-hmm. Basically only super rich people have this right now. And it's not, you're not buying records. You're buying like wax rolls. Cylinders. Yeah, wax, they're wax cylinders. Yeah. Wax cylinders. And they, yeah, they look like, uh, they look like push pops. <laughs> yeah. They look like a little push pop and you take it out and it's a record. Um, so I couldn't listen to records, but I did hear from a neighbor that there was a local saloon where you could put a penny into a... They had one where you could just, like, put a penny in and listen to, like, dirty jokes and stuff. Oh, that's fun. 
So I had to go. Um, the curio my curiosity got the better of me, and I had to go. And I heard a song called "Up Came Johnny with His Camera" by Will F. Denny. Okay, this sounds dirty. Maybe it was a little dirty. <laughs> okay. Um, Let's listen to a little, and then I'll tell you a little bit about what the story of the song is. Okay. A comic song up came Johnny with his camera. Song by Mr. Will F. Denny. All those songs back then had a little in- intro. Wow. Up came Johnny with his camera and took the blessed lot. Up came Johnny with his camera and oh, what a nice snapshot. And now he's got the photograph and the girls both near and far have sworn that they will make a way with um okay so yes this is a song that's a story about johnny he's a young golden child his mom and pa love him and they buy him a camera and what does he do with it he likes to take (laughs) photos of girls in i guess you would say compromising situations but they're they're like kind of weirdly chased like in the first verse he catch he sees girls playing leapfrog and gets a photo of them, and then in the second verse, um, he sees a girl get into a bike accident and takes a photo of that, and then in the third verse, he went to see a women's football game, and then it was just chaotic, and he took a photo of that. Sounds like he's just documenting life. <laughs> yeah. Um, Wow. And yeah, uh, it really reminded me of the Mr. Show sketch uh, <laughs> where they do the megaphone crooning yeah. and everything's about an invention. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's like, here's a song about a camera. Everyone's talking about photography, right? I do. I have to say this sounded exactly how I thought it was going to sound. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a stereotype of itself. Yeah. Um, That's funny. I was really worried to dig deeper than that because I really felt like I was just going to find probably a lot of racism and uh, <laughs> ugliness if I dug deeper into what the music and like yeah. dirty joke scene was in 1899. Yeah. So I gave up there and um, I got some tamales Oh, because yum. at this time, tamales were really rising in popularity. Um, you know, there's a... Incredibly complicated history of Mexicans and South and Central Americans mm-hmm. migrating to the United States at this time. It's fascinating. So many of them were uh, settling in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. And I got a tamale from a cart, which is a brand that I still see in the supermarket in 2023. Oh my God. The excellent brand. Uh, tamales. Oh my god. That have existed since 1894. XLNT. And they're sold in a horse cart. They had a, um, a factory in Boyle Heights. Nice. And um, they sold tamales in these carts. And it was good. I Gabe, mean, I don't know if you know this, but tamales are like one of my all time favorite food. I did know that about you. Yeah, I think I I've know t- you love tamales, and I know we've gotten tamales before together. Yeah, we we had some of the best tamales I've ever had in Ojai together. Mm-hmm. That's right. Shout yeah. out to our friends from the uh, from the Ojai tour that yeah. we ran into at the restaurant. <laughs> 
we all tried these tamales and then we all went back the next day for more tamales <laughs> and we ran into people the next day. It was very mm. funny. It was very but funny. I, when I was a kid, there used to just be ladies selling tamales out of a cooler in front of grocery stores and my mom would get a bunch of them. It was like a huge part of my childhood. I loved them. Well, it's a rich tradition that dates back even farther than this. Uh, the Excellent Foods was founded in 1894 nice. by Alejandro Morales. God, can you imagine in 2023 if a guy with a horse carriage <laughs> <laughs> walked up and, and was selling tamales on my street? Of course I would buy some. Oh, my God. It would become such a like viral sensation if there was like a horse tamale guy. <laughs> We need right? a horse tamale cart, ASAP. Um, not much else. I thought about if I should try and prevent President McKinley's assassination in a few years. But I thought, nah, I don't really know much about his policies, but he kind of looks like an asshole in his pictures. <laughs> he deserves to be shot and then take 10 days to slowly die. <laughs> it's funny you say that. I was that your week? Well, it was mostly my week. I could save the birthdays for after yours if you want. No, please tell me the birthdays. I want to know. No, I got to do the birthdays. I know you. Happy birthday, happy birthday. Woo! Okay. First, try to picture all of these people as babies. <laughs> then remember all of these babies are long dead. Okay. Alfred Hitchcock was born last month. Little wow. jolly baby Alfred Hitchcock. Horny Alfred Hitchcock. James uh, Cagney. Cute. Duke Ellington. Fred oh. Astaire. Noel Coward. Cute. Al Capone. Little. Oh my God. Baby mean Al Capone. Mug, little mean mug, mug and baby Al Capone. Imagine him with a tiny with Tommy a gun. Tiny, <laughs> tiny Tommy gun. Um, and lastly, uh, Author E.B. White was born as a mouse <gasps> to a family of humans. <laughs> and scientists are still trying to figure that one out. I love that. Uh, we also have some deaths. Okay. In the sky, Lord, in the sky. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Little Carter family. Um, who died? Uh, some people with just some funny names. Uh, railroad magnate Cornelius Vanderbilt II. I'm pretty sure that's Anderson Cooper's relative. Awesome. He's of the yeah. Vanderbilts. <laughs> well, RIP him. Um, Otmar Mergenthaler, inventor of the linotype machine. Oh, my God. Paleontologist Othniel Charles Marsh. Wow. Great name. Johann Strauss Jr., Nepo baby. <laughs> And Charles Pillsbury, the uh, oh. the Pillsbury guy. <laughs> I'm imagining he looks like the Pillsbury Doughboy. Right? Yeah. He, and he, he died from people poking his <laughs> tummy too much. <laughs> That's what I was going to say, yes. <laughs> it was a race to that joke. <laughs> Sorry, Gabe, I didn't mean to snake you. No, it was perfect. I'm glad you did it. You got it. Um, That's it. That was my week. Wow. How was your week? My week was great. It's You know what's funny is I always assume we're going to overlap a bunch and we never do. Um, 
But I did also think about William McKinley. He's he's the president right now. Yeah. Um, he would eventually be assassinated in 1901 by the anarchist Leon Sholgosh. And if you want to... Gorsh! Sholgorsh. If you want to read more about this, um, you should get Kate Rhodes' comic, Killing the President, for $5 over at krhodes.com slash store. Um, we'll put a link in the in the episode description. Um, yeah, shout out Kate. The only reason why I know anything about William McKinley's assassination is because I did some voices for Kate in her gallery installation she made a video that uh was shown in a gallery about mckinley's assassination mckinley was a bad guy but sadly his assassination put teddy roosevelt in office who was his vice president at the time and teddy roosevelt was a horrible guy too but you know what in my opinion all the presidents were bad guys (laughs) yeah they were bad i mean Roosevelt did the national park stuff, right? That's a, a point in his favor, but yeah, definitely a point in his favor. He he did create the nat. He preserved land that would have been developed by builders, uh, yeah. making houses and towns and stuff. The negative aspect of that is he stole land from indigenous people. He was a huge colonizer. Colonialism was so popular right now teddy roosevelt just finished the spanish-american war with his rough riders (laughs) (laughs) and and the spanish-american war essentially caused the philippine-american war because the philippines was fighting for independence from spain but then we beat spain and annexed the philippines as a territory and we did not acknowledge their declaration of independence. I mean, they had a president. They were they had an independent government and we came in. We were like, no, no, no. And then we had a whole on war with them that we don't learn about in American schools. It's crazy. Yeah. I didn't know about it. Yeah. Um, You're my American schools. <laughs> but I encourage everyone to learn more about that because it is really messed up. Um, this is a time of all of the European nations also just colonizing and having a grand old time. This era in the United States is known as the Gilded Age, when there's extreme wealth disparity, not unlike 2023. Oligarchs run the government and just want to get richer and more powerful. Business owners and tycoons are profiting off of unsafe labor practices colonialism and just general like oppression of most americans and it's the gay 90s right Mm -hmm. what's that mean (laughs) so it means that there were so many rich people like the rich were beyond rich this is when like the hamptons became a thing because they were like rich beyond anything that america had seen before because of the industrial age. It was yeah. all of these oil and railroad tycoons who had made ridiculous amounts of money. These are the people that had the uh, phonograph in their houses. Yeah. Yeah. But that's, you know, 
a small portion of the United States. And then everyone else is just in abject poverty, you know, working 18 hours at a factory or whatever. So the gay 90s is essentially because the it was like a playground of rich people, you know. Boo. (laughs) So the first thing I wanted to do was get dressed. And this is a very, very different time for women's clothing. (laughs) Yeah. I'm going to I'm going to share a little TikTok. This woman on TikTok her her handle is so through time. She's a very sweet, awkward woman who only dresses in vintage clothes that she makes herself or, you know, fashions. Um, but she's very maybe knowledgeable. we'll run into her on our on our journey. <laughs> yeah, maybe. So here's a little TikTok of that. Getting dressed in 1897, I start in my combination underwear, corset, stockings, and add a petticoat. Then I add a second petticoat to help create the fashionable silhouette. Next, I add a corset cover. This smooths out any lines that the corset or petticoat create. The silhouette of the 1890s is an extreme hourglass, created by the corset crunching in your waist, the wide skirts, and the broad shoulders from the shirt. Next, I add my puff-sleeved shirt waist. Next comes my walking skirt. More info can be found on my page. So you can see how many layers a woman had to wear back then. Um, Oh, man, that looked like it must have taken a really long time. (laughs) Yeah, and I think you. this was easier than clothes were in the mid-19th century because you had the shirtwaist. So a shirtwaist is just what we would call a blouse nowadays. It's a separate shirt from your skirt. Got it. Earlier in the 19th century... You just had one gown, like a one piece, and it was very hard. You Most women would have like a lady's maid to help them get dressed or a sister or a mother or something. Um, one thing I found particularly accurate about that video we saw is a lot of people I was running into in 1899 were saying, more information can be found on my page. <laughs> Um, I love that lady. She's so awkward, like th- her monotone and she <laughs> she messes up and she like keeps her mess ups in there. But all of her um, TikToks are great. But another thing to point out about my outfit is I'm wearing a bum pad. <laughs> <laughs> bum pads uh, made your butt stick out a little bit more. Hey, get out of here, you bum pad. <laughs> Um, it's it's essentially like the douchebag of the late night. Yeah, fucking bump head. <laughs> um, the corset gives you an hourglass figure, and it kind of makes your bust go forward. So your butt is going backward, your bust is going forward. I mean, it was a very um specific look, and yeah. women also wore ties, bow ties, uh, scarves, jabots, which a jabot is <laughs> <laughs> is like. A tie, but it's kind of lacy. Mm. Um, I got my hair done in the popular Gibson girl style. I have a little video of that as well. And in the last years of the century, a new Gibson girl style emerges called the pompadour. The pompadour is specifically the role framing the face. For more information on how... Um, what? She was just going to tell us about her page. <laughs> Sorry. Um... <laughs> 
the Gibson girl was the so you could see these fo- these images here. Very cute. They were like the feminine ideal of the time. They were fragile. Even their hair is like it looks like it could tumble at any time. They were uh, voluptuous with that hourglass figure. And this became popular. There was a man named Charles Dana Gibson who did these drawings of the Gibson girl. And they were used in advertisements, uh, like Coca-Cola ads and stuff. They Mm. were used in illustrations of magazines, that sort of thing. Um, The opposite of the Gibson girl. I don't even want to say opposite, but because they actually have a lot in common. But another type of style was the new woman. Mm. You can kind of see the new woman here wearing less colorful clothing, um, more modest styles, um, hair not piled on top of their head. So the new woman was interested in social, political, and sexual freedom. They were suffragists and they wore more sensible clothing and they rode bicycles. Oh, <laughs> bicycles are pretty newly popular and after much demand they created a women's bicycle that had this uh you know the bar didn't go straight across it went down so that the skirt wasn't pulled up essentially yeah they still do that right but now it's called mixed because some men like them too that's nice (laughs) yeah uh just don't crash your bicycle or old johnny's gonna come up with his camera and get a snapshot. Um, <laughs> I, Fucking perv. Yeah, he probably got a snapshot because her skirt was thrown over her head. Got oh. to see those bloomers. <laughs> see, I wasn't reading between the lines. <laughs> so, um, yeah, bicycles were newly very popular with women. And they even made clothing specific for bicycle riders. Where it was easier to move around. But I have to say... I wore this um, bicycle corset. It was still so hard to ride a bicycle. You can't breathe. You've got so many pounds of clothing over you. It was just very hard to do. You're wearing little boots with spats. Look at this advertisement of this girl like running away from this evil man on a bike. (laughs) That looks amazing. It looks so cool. If we, if I had known, if we had both known, uh, maybe we could have done a like a bike versus handcar race. Yeah, that would have been cool. <laughs> I'm sure the bike would be much faster. I don't know. I'm looking at your arms right now. I think you probably were pretty fast. <laughs> so I rode my bike to go see a speech by Emma Goldman. Oh yeah. Emma Goldman was a renowned activist, anarchist, and writer. Leon Sholgosh, who killed. President McKinley, Gorsh. he, <laughs> he uh, was a big admirer of Emma Goldman's and wanted to be friends with her. And some might say that's why he killed the president. <laughs> to but get her we, attention. <laughs> we won't say that. Emma Goldman was a freaking badass. Look at this. Look at her. Oh, she's yeah. Cool as hell. She looks like she's not going to take no shit from nobody. She was very anti-government because the government was run by billionaires. Who, you know, not billionaires, but the billionaires of the time, the tycoons. Yeah. They hadn't discovered billion yet. 
exactly. They were still at million. Yeah. And they were ruining the human spirit. So in her speech, she spoke about the new woman claiming women were equal to men, which was an outrageous claim at the time. She said, give... And this quote is from a newspaper man. So who knows if he altered it? It's not taken directly from her speech. But she said, give woman the same advantages and she will compare favorably with man in every undertaking. Woman's first duty is to the home, but she should not be obliged to stay at home for months at a time while her husband is mingling with the social world. The part that I don't know that she said is women's first duty is to be at home. I feel like the paper newspaper man probably added that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Would you agree, though, that the woman's first duty is to be at home? (laughs) Um. I highly recommend people read her writing because she was incredible and and we still need to learn the lessons that she's teaching. Uh, I was so inspired that I decided to go to some suffragist and anarchist meetings and they were great. They made me feel so much better about this horrible, oppressive time in American history. And it's interesting that we don't learn that this was actually a popular movement in America. The anarchist movement in 1899 was like catching on like wildfire because of the fact that the government was so horrible. Hey, we like this new anarchism thing. They it's were well. <laughs> they were listening to dead Kennedys. They were spraying the like big mm-hmm. A on <laughs> spray painting the big A on like, you know, stores and stuff. So it's great. Anyways, that was my week. What a week. Anarchism. Would would you have thought anarchism would have been a part of my week? Yeah. <laughs> You know me too well. <laughs> mm-hmm. So we had to watch a film this week, yep. which was not exactly, there weren't exactly movie theaters all over the place, right? No. I mean, you could definitely find it. Mm-hmm. To give a little background of this, like I mentioned earlier, film was kind of created in 1895, but... Uh, in the United States, we credit Edison with inventing the film camera. And mm-hmm. that's like a half truth because lots of people had been working on it for a while. And no, it was him. <laughs> I I kind of hate Edison. <laughs> no, he did it. He did it all. You know, Edison had like a factory essentially of thinkers and they would he'd be like okay we got to work on this thing and his crew of inventors would invent stuff for him but he would only put his name on the patent so we think he just invented all of this stuff but the truth is it was a whole company of people who did it so i'm sure he was like we need a moving camera get to work on it guys and his company did invent a moving camera but simultaneously In Europe, in France, there were some brothers, Auguste and Louis Lumiere. De Frère. De Frère de Paris? I don't know. (laughs) Probably. It is the City of Lights. They had a camera factory, but it was a still camera factory, and they were actually working on color film for a long time. 
uh, color photography and they made some great color photography, but in the process, they came up with a moving camera called a cinematoscope. Ooh la la. And this camera was amazing. Okay, so Edison had this big, clunky, giant thing that was stationary. You couldn't move it. Yeah. The Lumieres created this little portable camera that you could use to film. It didn't require electricity or anything. And then you make some minor adjustments and it became a projector. So you didn't need separate equipment for filming and projecting. It was all in one little thing. That's amazing. It is amazing. There's never been anything like that. Well, why isn't there something like that right now that I could just like, I mean, there is my phone. Yeah, but you can't project anything with it. But projecting, I mean, that's so cool. I wish my phone could just like project my cat videos. (laughs) Or like a little hologram of your friends like in Star Wars. Yeah, exactly. That's what FaceTime is. It's like Mm -hmm. Princess Leia telling me that (laughs) I'm her only hope. (laughs) But so, I mean, it was heavy. It wasn't like tiny, but, but, you know, so what they did, well, okay, first the Lumiere brothers were like, we're just taking film of life in our town and around our family. So it was like their first uh, screening was called Workers Leaving the Factory. And that's all it was. Mm -hmm. It was a bunch of workers leaving their factory, the Lumiere camera factory. I got to see that one. <laughs> and then there's so many films of their family and their house and just little events that they went to. But then the cool thing was they hired a crew, taught them how to use the camera and sent them to other countries. They said, take film and then have screenings that night. Show the film you just took, but then also show film from France. Wow. And you can have these little screenings. It's almost like a cultural exchange where they're learning about France. And then eventually you bring that film back. Like there's amazing footage in the late 19th century of India because the Lumieres sent a bunch of photographers to India and all of these places that most French people would never be able to visit. So... Anyways, that's the background on the Lumiere brothers. And they there's tons of Lumiere films, like thousands, I'm guessing. Well, this one, La Petite Fille et son chat. Mm-hmm. Uh, can I give a little synopsis of the yes, film? Yes, please. Okay. We got a young girl. Mm-hmm. She's wearing a hat. Yep. She's sitting at a desk kind of thing. Like a and high chair, maybe? Like I a don't high know. chair, maybe. Or but a, she's outside. She's got a little table, and she's outside. And there's a little cat on her table, and she's feeding it from a little bowl or something. Uh, At one point, the cat jumps down off of the table, but then at one point, it jumps back up. Uh, The cat is hungry. It's loving the treats. Yep. Kid is having a blast. Yep. The whole thing is over in less than 40 seconds. Yeah. Uh, The little girl in the video, I did look up. The only thing I researched, because I knew you would know everything. (laughs) <laughs> is that this little girl, her name was Madeline Kohler. Cute. She passed away in 1970. Aww. And I gotta assume the cat way earlier than that. Oh, no! <laughs> so, sorry. Yay, I just had to... 
I just, I have to know, I had to know what happened next. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, as you were saying. The cat is so cute and it's such a relatable film because it's like, you know, you love giving your pet some treats. I mean, basically all, everything is this video now. It's all, it's Uh like the first YouTube cat video. Yeah. It truly is. Um, It's a kitty cat video. The kitty cat is cute. The kid is cute. Yeah. And everything now that people watch is just a variation on that, right? Yeah. I mean, this is why I don't want to review this because, first of all, the Lumiere brothers are the grandfathers of cinema. Like, they they essentially created cinema. They created screenings. The way that they did screenings is pretty much the same way we do screenings now. It's like you buy a ticket, you come, you sit down. There's a specific time, whatever, like... They showed us what life was like in the 19th century. Like, it is stupid. Our opinions on this don't matter because this has impacted culture in such a massive way. I mean, I'm kind of getting mad. Is that okay, Gabe? No, I'm feeling it. You're just saying what I'm feeling because, like, she's sending us, Adele is, sending us from place to place, and she's making us review things, and basically decide its fate decide if it gets to live or die in history yeah and like how do you i mean even if they made a thousand of these movies how do you even begin to contemplate the effect of one of them it's it's tiny and it's huge at the same time this film has ripple effects greater than we can ever know And maybe that episode of Mr. Belvedere has greater ripple effects than we will ever know. Maybe some kids saw that and was like, hey, I want to make TV. And then that kid became freaking Charles Manson. (laughs) Wait, what? What point are you trying to make? Uh, I was going to say J.J. Abrams or something. but Oh, that makes more sense. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, you know, I don't know. Maybe Adele's trying to teach us something. Like, maybe we're calling pop culture because the internet... Like, you just have access to so much media, and we can see everything, including this little film from 1899. Like, you know what people had to go through to watch this film back in 1899? They had to wait for a screening to happen we got lucky it was a 10 hour uh hand car ride to the (laughs) nearest screening i was riding my bike for like the same time it was crazy Mm -hmm. and you know the fact that we have access to almost everything it's too much like a lot of this media was meant to be ephemeral like we were meant to see it once on television or at a screening and yet we hold on to everything like Maybe we need to learn to let go of the past and live in the moment. Like, why are we watching reboots of subpar teen sitcoms, you know, when we could be creating something new to define our own era? I don't know. Like, I'm ranting here, but I just feel like we need to take risks and be creative and not worry about legacy or whether your creations will endure or be erased from history. Like maybe Adele is just telling us to look around us and be here and now or something like that. No. No? No. That's it? That's all you're going to say? No, your speech is not correct. This isn't a lesson. We are performing a practical task. There is too much media and some of it belongs in the bin. Okay. Also, 
David Zaslav gets a tax write-off every time you delete something. No! No! (laughs) Adele, please tell us you're not working for David Zaslav. He's my Zazzy. Oh my god. This is crazy. You have me thinking, though, like, you know, doing a podcast was something I was a little bit resistant to do. I'm a little bit of a shy guy, and I'm always concerned about what we're making and whether people will like it or not. And it makes me think, like, what is our podcast? Uh, Is it different from some random episode of Mr. Belvedere? (laughs) Is it just, like, something else to, like, go through the cracks and be gone forever? Is that the lesson we have to learn, is that time holes should just be erased from history? I, You know, the answer is probably yes, and we just need to be okay with that because it shouldn't stop people from making things. So do you think that time holes should be erased from history? Okay, Adele, we're refusing to review this Lumiere film. Uh, we don't want any fucking studio fat cat to get a tax write-off uh we don't want to change media history do you agree gabe like i just don't want to review this i totally agree i'm totally concerned about the changes we've already made and and what they could have done so i don't think we can make any more changes we're done adele you must comply given the significance of these actions Deleting a river runs through it redirected Robert Redford's focus towards honing his craft as an actor, rather than dividing his talents as a director. The absence of Will Smith... Hey Stas, now that she's distracted, uh, when I was hacking into her system last week, I figured out how to connect my iPad, and we can call 2023 right now. Oh my god, we can call for help, let's do it. Alright, I'm gonna call one of our nearest and dearest friends in 2023 and see if he can help us. Okay. Adele, mute please. Uh, hello? Oh my God, Andy. Andy. Anastasia. Yeah. Hi. This is this is amazing. I can't believe we got through to you. Yeah. What do you mean? <laughs> uh, Gabe's here uh, we too. Hi, I'm here too. Hey, Gabe. Um, oh my God. I haven't seen you in a long time. It's good to see you, Andy. I go. You guys are being weird. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> we miss you so I'm, much, Andy. This is amazing. I'm in the middle of something really private right now. Wait, what? <laughs> what I are can't you doing? even say it's so private. Andy, we we need your help. Can you can you come to Gabe's garage? We need you to do something for us. Okay. What? And you can't say what it is? I don't know. I'm so <laughs> I'll confused. say what it is. Can okay. I say what it is? We're trapped in time. A crazy thing happened. I, I built a time machine, and we've been trapped in time for weeks, months what? now. So you're like um, all the way back to... in what, like 2013 or something? Like the distant past? <laughs> no. No. Even further back. We're in like, 1899. Oh, my God. Yeah. Do you even know anything about 1899? I didn't. I'm so young. That seems like even like even 2013 to me. It seems like so far back. That's crazy. I know very little about You're not that young. I don't know. I have useful energy. <laughs> Here's the thing. We got to get back home. I miss Andrea. It's only been a moment for you, but for us, it's been a very long time. If you could come to my garage and get us back home, we would just be 
we'd be indebted to you. And I know you've done so much for us in the past. Okay. Well, yeah. So that's kind of why I'm a little bit hesitant. I don't know if you remember, Anastasia, you called me. You said, there's an emergency. My neighbors are saying that my fire alarm's going off. I go... All the way over, I leave, I was probably, you know, like the privacy of my home where I do a lot of things. You live a few <laughs> blocks from me. What's yeah, happening I, in Andy's home? <laughs> what are these private It's things? all legal. But it's private behind closed stuff. doors. You could do whatever you want. And that's, I take advantage of that. Um, I left my home. I come here. It everything's w- completely normal. But my fire alarm was going off. Not when I got here, though. Oh. I think. No, it was, mm. but it quickly stopped right after you entered. <laughs> well, that that's even more confusing then. <laughs> Why did that happen? It was late at night, and I did appreciate you doing that. You you have a key to my house. I do. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I was like, Andy, please go over there and see if my house is on fire and save my plants. And you walked in. You said, everything looks fine. It's hot. Yeah, I think that I think it was just so unbelievably hot in your apartment that the fire alarm got confused. And I appreciate you doing that huge favor for me. Can you just do like one more favor? But there, will, I really don't think the fire. I would like to re, <laughs> re, relitigate you know this. I don't I'm think the fire. I'm hanging up on Andy. I'm hanging up on Andy. He's guys, taking too long. I love being in my house so much. I don't really. I'm not like one of those guys that goes out and does things. Outside. We do okay. know this All about right. you, actually. Okay. So we'll see you later, Andy. Okay. Have fun in your private home. Space. I will, and I do, yeah. and I will. Thank you. Bye. Okay, All right. Bye. That was a total waste of time. I'm calling somebody else. Okay, can we call someone else? Because I I don't even know why we thought of Andy. Because the truth is that guy does not leave his house. (laughs) That's true. Um, Okay, I'm going to make another call. Okay. You've got Agata. (laughs) Oh my god, yes! (laughs) Agata doing her traditional phone greeting that she always does. Yeah, what's up? Uh, I love that greeting. It's oh, so good. It's so good to hear your voice. It's been too long. What are you talking about? We just went and got crepes the other day. <laughs> oh my god. That time we went and got crepes. I miss it. What are you, t- you guys are being weird. What? I gotta, I gotta tell you something crazy. You probably won't even believe me because why would you? But Anastasia and I got trapped in a time hole. We've been in a time hole for months now. And we need to get back to our loved ones. I have not pet Louie in over eight weeks. Are you guys being serious? Yes, we're, this isn't a joke. Gabe made a time machine. I came over. We were drinking some brew dogs, hanging out. And, <laughs> and we went to 1940. We went to 1970. We went to the 80s. We went to the 60s. And now We've... we're in 1899. You went backwards. Yeah. Oh, okay. I mean, I, this sounds weird. I'm sorry. Like... <laughs> And if Gabe, I'm sorry, I'm hanging out with Andrea right now. I didn't want to tell you because I thought you might be mad, but we're no. watching The Real Housewives of Potomac, and it's actually that... a really good episode, so, like, I don't really, like, can I call you back later? No, just come to the, you're at Gabe's You house. should just come out into the garage. The garage is where the machine is, and you just press this button. It's big, and it says recall, and we'll be back home. Can you do that? <sighs> All right, well, maybe after the episode's over. No! Is that no, okay? Just... Well, we got to see what happens. They're fighting. Just hit, <laughs> just hit pause. This is a DVR'd episode, I'm sure. Just come out here for one second. 
right, all right, fine, all right, fine, 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 fine. Uh, <laughs> Andrea, can you just pause it for one second, please? Hey, Louie. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, I'm walking out to the garage. Thank you so much for doing yeah, this. Yeah, okay, I'm, I'm, look, I'm walking around, I see uh, there's like a lawnmower, um... Yeah. What am I looking for? It's like a big trash can looking thing. Oh, okay, okay. Big and next to it, there's a big red button that says recall. Okay, okay. Mm. Poison, rat poison. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't touch my rat poison. Um, okay, okay, okay. Mm. Mm. Okay, oh, I found it, I found it. Thanks. Oh, good. Press it. Okay. Just press it. <laughs> Why do we have trust us? Because you guys are acting so weird. I don't believe you. You'll see in just a minute. All right. All right. Fine. 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 All right. Whoa. Oh. Oh my god. I got him. I got him. Oh my god. <laughs> We're here. It was real. Whoa. Holy shit. We're back. Oh, I, I know I'm, the I'm wearing this like corset in 1899. Yeah, you look so stupid. <laughs> I'm, so, Andy. I'm sorry. Oh, oh yeah. Hey, Andy. I heard that there's a lever that you could pump. <laughs> so I was I decided to come by. Andy, what do you do in your home? This is so weird. I'm Let's so just weird. say it's similar to that. Wow. Oh, okay. Well, good to see you, buddy. Yeah. What's up? <laughs> Not much. I mean, they—they're all—they're dressed really weird, but <laughs> yeah. I, Do you I like my monocle? Were, yeah. I thought they were playing a prank on me, honestly, but no, they we just came out of this trash can. <laughs> no. Um. Okay. So we're back. Um. Oh, my God. hair. My hair has grayed a little in the time since I've seen you, because. You know, we've aged. Yeah, we, wow. we've aged slightly. So what happened? Are you guys okay? I mean, we honestly don't know what time travel does to the physical form at this point. Yeah, you look like you're melting a little bit. <laughs> oh, God, it's just hot. I will say being trapped in a time hole for months is very annoying. Oh, so annoying. So annoying. But anyways, um, we're actually recording a podcast right okay. now. Well, I was going to say, it sounds annoying for you guys, but it sounds really fun to listen to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was yeah. fun. I love listening about it. Yeah. Well, you'll get to listen, listen to back. it in the coming weeks. But yeah, uh, do you want to help us wrap up the podcast or? No, no. I'm, I'm actually going to go get another crepe. Like, oh my God. Nutella and stri- Andy, you want to come with me? Yeah. I didn't realize. Like, I wish somebody had told me that all this was involved like you could do stuff like this outside of your house i would have been leaving we, all uh, the time this Andy, is so we cool invite you to stuff all the time and you never want to come just That's but so you got to mention the stuff that i like <laughs> levers crepes <laughs> okay. garbage cans okay okay we gotta remember your trigger words <laughs> can we uh just wrap up our pod and then come meet you guys for crepes yeah, after we'll meet you for crepes after okay yeah sure like we'll be at the Glendale Galleria. <laughs> and maybe we'll see a celebrity like Brad Pitt there. Yeah, it would be great if Brad Pitt walked past us. Ew. Who's that, like an astronaut? Ew, he sounds gross. <laughs> oh my God, Gabe, they don't know who Brad Pitt is. What did we do? What did we do? So just like a quick like four-way kiss? Before oh, we go? Okay, we'll do oh, a yeah. quick four-way okay. kiss. Okay, <laughs> like we always do yeah, when we're like, all yeah, four of us together. We hang out. Okay. All right, all right. three, right. two, one. <laughs> Bye. Love you guys. Love Bye. You. That was so wet. <laughs> <laughs>
All right. Well, thanks to Agata and Andy. Um, more Agata. Yeah, I, Andy didn't do a whole lot. But thanks to him for being here. Um, and yeah, that's the end of that's our show, and that I guess that's the end of our season. You know, we're home. Yeah, I guess there's that's it. There's no more time hole and. I mean, I guess if people want us to make more podcasts, we can more episodes of something. I don't know. We'll see. But yeah, we're yeah, home. Let us know. You can hit us up. Hello at timehole.biz or on Instagram. Just let us know. Yeah. Um, we're we're going to be going away at least for a little while, but maybe we'll come back. Do yeah. something. I don't know. This was such a weird situation, Gabe, but I'm glad I, I've done it with you and... Yeah, maybe uh, next week you can come by and we can uh, just, you know, play guitars. Yeah, maybe we could just, like, um, screen print some shirts or something, you know? Yeah. I'm just looking around the garage looking what you got in here. (laughs) Yeah, just some chill stuff. Yeah. Um, Anyway, uh, guess I'll see you next time. Yeah, see you next time. Bye, Gabe. Bye, Stas. Huh. What am I going to do now? I'm just, uh, I went on this huge adventure and now I'm just back here Stas, in my stupid Stas, life. Stas, <gasps> Gabe! Stas! Stas! What's up? It's me, Gabe. Wait! From the future! From the future? There's a problem. We got to get back in the time machine. Oh, jeez. Oh, jeez. Follow the show on Instagram at TimeholePod and visit our website, timehole.biz. Thanks to our special guest stars, Agata Monica and Andy Nice, and to Andrew Bear and Andrea Tomingas for our music and art, respectively. For more information, links and sources, check out the episode notes. Timehole is an independent production, created by Anastasia Vigo and Gabe Dannon. <laughs>